Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being part of this community. I'm having a great time hosting the show. We are up to about 215 episodes and the audience is growing and it's just fun. And what I like about it is we get to bring you a variety of people who are doing really cool things in a lot of different areas. And today is no different. Today we have Tom Schwab. Not Charles Schwab, that would be an entirely different interview, but Tom Schwab knows how to build an online business. Marketing is at the heart of starting conversations with people who could be your ideal customers. Tom helps small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs get featured on leading podcasts like Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do so that their prospects and clients can hear them at their best. Then he shows them how to turn listeners into customers. He is the author of Podcast Guest Profits, Grow Your Business, and he is the founder of Interview Valet, the concierge-level booking service. And I have booked several of their clients here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and they do a great job. And so I said, I want to go straight to the top. I want Tom Schwab on this show. Hey, Tom, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, I am thrilled to be here. I love the show and uh, was just listening to uh, some of our mutual friends that you've had on the show. And I'm, I'm excited uh, to share the cool things that I get to do and talk with people, uh, even though that uh, I may be in a rural location right now. <laughs> where, where are you right now? I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, I moved here about 24 years ago, got off the plane and said, you know, I'll take a job here, but I'm not going to die here because I didn't (laughs) want my world to get small after being in the Navy and going around the world. But uh, I raised a family here, and now I I love it because it's home, but with the tools that we have today, boy, if you're isolated or you're ignorant, it's by choice. You know, if you got an internet connection, you can connect with the world today. Well, that's entirely true, and I've interviewed people in big cities and small cities, people overseas, and pretty soon maybe somebody in space will come on the show, but we can we can definitely connect everywhere. Now, I give a little bit of an overview of kind of what you do, but what is a concierge-level booking service? What, what, what is Interview Valet, and, and what are some of the other things that you do? Yeah, what, really what it focuses on is uh, connecting people with uh, those people that could be ideal customers for them. You know, like you said, marketing at its heart is starting a discussion with somebody who could be an ideal customer. And there's a lot of different ways that you could do that. You could do it with a billboard. You could do it with emails. You could do it with interrupting, you know, the Super Bowl. But one of the things that we found is that, you know, People talk about breaking through the noise. Uh, today, there's not a lot of noise. You know, people choose what they listen to. They choose what they read. And really, you don't have to to start the conversation. You have to get in on the conversation that's already going on in place. And my background is in inbound marketing. You know, uh, using content in order to grow businesses and really drive our online sales and marketing business. And over the last few years, what we've realized and tested is that being a guest on podcasts 
is a great way to to get in front of your ideal customers, get them to know, like, and trust you. And uh, we've tested this system, perfected it over the last few years. Um, and Interview Valet just makes it easy. Uh, you know, we do everything but the the interview. So we always say that uh, you know we allow our clients to be the guest and we take care of the rest. <laughs> well, I do know that it definitely works because A, as the host of a podcast, I have actually found new business that has come my way. Some listeners have referred me to speak at their uh, company events or their associations they belong to or to be the master of ceremonies. But also I know some of my guests have been connected with possible clients because they've told me, oh my gosh, I picked up somebody who listened to your show. So I know anecdotally that it absolutely works. And so I think that's great. But let's face it, podcasts have only been around in, in their current state for a couple of years. You couldn't have been doing interview valet for the last 20 years. What, what have you done along the way? Have you have you always been an entrepreneur or did you start off with a job after the Navy? No, I, I started out with, you know, looking for a stable job. You know, growing up in the Midwest, that was always a thing. Um, you know, get an education, find a stable job and you'll be you'll be fine. And uh, it didn't really fit me. But it seemed like the thing to, to do. And really, when I went into the Navy, that was the plan, right? I went to the Naval Academy. To all you to U.S. taxpayers, thank you for funding my education. You're, you're welcome. My, you're welcome. That's why, first, that's why I have paid taxes all these years is I wanted you <laughs> to have that top-level education. Well, thank you. And my first job out of college was running a nuclear power plant, and I loved it. And it was a great experience. And, you know, I originally thought, well, I'll stay in the Navy. You know, everybody talks about, well, you know, stay in 20 years. Well, uh, sometimes industries change. And if you're old enough to remember, you know, peace broke out in 1992, and there was a lot of cutbacks in the military, uh, almost like there is right now. You know, there great people that are doing great jobs, but it's just getting smaller. And as I looked at that and I thought, well, I've done all the fun things that I've want to do, wanted to do. Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to, to try something else. So I went to the corporate world, uh, advanced through the corporate world, but a lot of times felt like I was a, a round peg in a square hole. And that same thing, you know, uh, moved my way up uh, till the point where I had my own distributorship. And then at that point, uh, when the recession of 2008 hit, uh, you know, they wanted to cut out the middleman, <laughs> which always sounds good until you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, middleman looks like me. I'm the middleman. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> so with that, I looked at that as an opportunity. We sold back the distributorship, and we had a sideline business. And uh, it was just a small regional business, but we looked at that and said, we've done a lot of good with this. You know, the feedback we get from customers is so positive. How can we do more good with this? Can we do well by doing good? And so we expanded that and never looked back from that standpoint. Uh, that was uh, probably uh, about 2008 and just really loved the entrepreneurial journey after that. Uh, I've officially come to the point now where uh, I am unemployable because I enjoy what I'm doing so much. And in fact, one of the, the jokes that I always make is a, a buddy in mine we talked about when we were both in the, the corporate grind and trying to retire early, we decided that if if we retired, you know, our wives would we drive them crazy if we just played golf and really we weren't that good at golf. So our <laughs> idea of retirement was doing fun things with interesting people and writing all the profits off as a business expense. And as I turned 50, I looked at it and said, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, there's <laughs> nothing to retire from. I'm doing fun things with interesting people and writing off the profits as a business expense. So I love the entrepreneurial life. 
Well, and I kind of had a similar experience. It was April 1st, 2009, when I got laid off right in the middle of the recession. And as I tell people all the time, it's not lost on me that April 1st, I, the irony is not lost on me. And, and April 2009 was the bottom of the recession. There were no jobs. And that's why I started off on my own as a speaker and as a trainer and, and just kind of creating my own path in the world. And one of my daughter's friends said, wow, your, your dad has such an interesting job. Everybody I know went to school and studied something, and that's what they do for a living. Your, your dad invented something out of nothing. The more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, that is kind of cool. And I, too, just turned 50 and made the decision that from 50 to 70 were going to be the most fun years of my entire life. And I'm six months into that pledge, and it is true. Uh, through my business and through the people I get to encounter and work with, uh, I am having a great time. So, so what is the number one thing that you love about being an entrepreneur? Uh, the growth and the freedom. Really, I've learned more in the last – probably five years than I ever learned in college or nuclear power. Um, it's just been amazing. Um, and sometimes you, you said about learning what you, what you learned in college and using that. Well, so much of the world changes so quickly. And as an entrepreneur, you're always faced with new challenges, uh, new ways to, to go out there and, and do it, uh, and really finding the way yourself. There's, there's no roadmap. There's no instruction manual for most of our businesses. And so I love that learning and always growing. And you talk about, you know, uh, 50 to 70 being the most productive years of your life. Uh, I'm firmly committed that you should pretty much double what you're doing every decade. Because, you know, if you're 30 years old, well, you know so much more than you did when you were 20. If you're 50 years old, man, I, I always like to look at it as you're 25 years old with 25 years of experience. You should be able to take that experience and execute on that. So to me, it's always that that stimulation um, of being an entrepreneur and learning new things. You know, I, I know if I had to do the same job over and over, um, it would kill me. I would, I would die early, but as an entrepreneur, um, I'm more excited about this next half of my life than I was about the first half of my life. So what advice do you have for somebody who's listening to the show who, you know, maybe they're running a nuclear power plant or, or maybe they're a realtor or they're a banker and they're thinking, I, you know, I have this calling to go out and do my own thing, to spend my life doing interesting things with, with interesting people. I, I want to be like Tom Schwab. What advice do you have for him? Yeah, I, I would say what you know is amazing to other people, right? So we all underestimate what we know and what what's ordinary to us is amazing to other people. And the world is so big for us right now that you can pick which customers uh, you want to work with and those ideal customers. And so you can niche down and really find a way to service them. So my thought on that is even you know if you've got a traditional J-O-B and you'd like to try something else, well, it's not an A or B. Uh, there's enough hours in the day that you could start transitioning from one to another. And some people will say, well, you know, I don't know enough or I've got to go back to school to learn this or uh, when I know it, then I'll do it. Well, you know, the thing is, is that if we all knew what we needed to know to get there, we'd already be there. <laughs> and the best way to learn it is to start taking action. So, um, you know, you know something great. You can help people. I just encourage you to get out there and start doing it. Well, and, and that is so true because one of the pieces of advice I got when I first was dreaming, I guess, I don't even know if I was doing, about being a professional speaker was someone said, before you're ever going to be great, 
you have to give 300 speeches, which means you'd better start now because that doesn't come easily. And now that I've given over 600 speeches, there, there's something to be said for that. I mean, I can handle anything that happens. I've had the power go out. I've had waiters drop trays. I had a person get sick. I've had all kinds of things happen in the audience. And, and how you handle that all comes from experience. If it's your first speech and the power goes out and you lose your PowerPoint, it's a lot different than if it's your 600th speech and the power goes out. So, you know, getting out there and starting is like absolutely fantastic advice. And the other piece of it is, same thing's true for podcasts. And you know this because of your close, the way your business is closely niched to podcasters. You know, now that I've done 215, I have a lot better grasp on what I'm trying to do with cool things entrepreneurs do than if you go back and listen to episode seven. So it's, you know, doing is, I mean, I think that's great advice. And, and you should be happy when you hit those little road bumps. Like if you do your second speech and the power goes out and you lose your PowerPoint, what a great time for that to happen, right? You want to have those little road bumps, the the learning things going along. You know, somebody told me rejoice every time you have a little problem in your business <laughs> because now you get the chance to learn from it, you get the chance to correct it, and so it won't happen again. You know, it, you'd much rather the power went out on your second speech and you got to you figured out how to deal with that than your 600th speech. When you're getting paid big bucks, there's a huge crowd, and wow, I've never had this experience before. So look forward to those road, uh, those uh, speed bumps. Well, and there's a lot of speed bumps. It doesn't matter what we do for a living. There's there's a lot of bumps in the road, and if if they're going to throw you, if it's going to cause you to be a prima donna, if it's going to cause you to lose your cool, you know, you're not going to be able to grow with that. So you just got to expect those speed bumps, right? Very much so. Hey, and uh, learn. Learn from other people's mistakes, too. I always say that, uh, you know, there's a checklist that I have before every podcast, and I share that I share that with all our clients. I, I share it with the listeners here, too, um, you know, because checklists are written in blood, and it's better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than your own. <laughs> so, Tom, how important – I mean, you've made this transition from, from, from working in the corporate world, uh, from being in the military, and also then to having your own entrepreneurial venture. Uh, how important – is your network along the way? How important is it to have relationships with other people, whether you're in New York City or you're in Kalamazoo? Well, I, I would say the older I get, the more I realize that the only thing that has value in this world is relationships, right? Money can, in, the inflation can take that away, bad business decisions, all the rest of that. But if you have the relationships, boy, you're golden. You know, today, the richness of your life is proportional to your network. You know, your net worth is proportional to your network. And it's not only the money things, but it's also the tapping into um, resources, people that want to help you, um, all of that. You know, we're not meant to be alone. And the bigger your network is, and, and I would say that your network is not how many Facebook likes you have or, or people following you on Twitter. No, your <laughs> network is the people that really care about you want to help you. And boy, if you have that, there is nothing you can't do today. Um, so to me, that is so important. And sometimes I, I counsel younger entrepreneurs or younger people that said, and tell them to invest in those relationships because uh, they're going to pay off over the long term. And sometimes that you have to really nurture those and, and do a lot for that. But it's, it's one of those dichotomies that the more you invest in the relationships, the more you'll get out of them. 
And you are so right, because one of the things I teach when I go into companies and, and, and work with teams is I remind them, because a lot of them are very caught up in what's their, what's, what are they doing with their, their social following. And, and that's important. We live in a world where you know the internet is part an extension of our business, right? But one of the things I teach them is they have to remember that a like, a link, a share, and a follow is not the equivalent of a real human relationship. I mean, that allows us to outbound and, and have inbound connections with them on the digital side. But that's not equal to a friendship. And we have to remember that, oh, they're my Facebook friend. That could mean nothing. I am Facebook friends with my daughter's godfather. He's my business partner. He's been my best friend. You know, he's like my brother. We, we met the first day we moved into college in the dorms. I'm Facebook friends with him, but I'm also Facebook friends with, you know, someone I had a beer with last week who I just met. And so that's not equal. There's not, you know, 30 years of 32 years of a friendship and hey, we had a beer together last week. That's not the same thing and we have to remember that that like link share and follow doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that much if there's not that human connection on the other side. I agree with you Tom and in some ways I wonder if our grandparents would be more ready for the future that we're going to see than our grandchildren will be. And the reason I say that is because now a lot of people are really focused on the technology. You know, if I only had this tool or this app, uh, I could make my business. If I only, you know, uh, could use this or, or learn this tactic. Well, the thing is, is that the tactics all have an expiration date, right? You could be number one on a platform like Blab and it just went away. So you could be number one on billboards, um, but billboards really don't work anymore. So what you have to focus on is the the strategy, that long-term way of how are you going to attract customers? How are you going to nurture them? Um, how are you going to build that relationship? And, you know, no matter what it is, people only buy from those they know, like, and trust, and especially long-term. So everything you do should be based on building that relationship. And it's not so much of a transaction. You know, it's never been easier to sell something online I mean, if you want to sell something, just drop your price a little bit cheaper than the other person, you know, but that's not profitable. That's not sustainable. So it's never been easier to sell something online, but it's never been harder to really build a brand. And that's one of the things that I think our grandparents understood, but maybe we don't understand and, and maybe our children won't understand going back to those, that, those foundations of how can I get people to know, like, and trust me. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Tom, I've got a couple of more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Tom Schwab. If you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, hey, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things for an offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Tom, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Has to be all the people that I am getting to meet. I mean, from that one day I can talk to somebody that's in Australia, Europe, United Arab Emirates, and just making those connections. To me, that is so cool that I can do that. I can do podcast interviews from home, from work, 
from the beach. I've done it on vacation, hotel rooms. And that to me is just amazing that we can have that kind of connection. You know, if you look back on that, the, the president of the United States probably couldn't have done that 20 years ago. Big business probably couldn't have afforded it 10 years ago. Heck, when we were watching the Jetsons, that didn't even come up. <laughs> and uh, and now we get to do it. And I think that's just so amazing. Um, the world is such a small place. You know, that whole thing of six degrees of separation, that was like Y2K. Today, it's more like one or two. <laughs> well, you know, I had never thought about that, but how come Judy Jetson wasn't listening to podcasts, right? I mean, if they were onto it, they would have had her what listening to podcasts the whole time. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is now people ask uh, ask kids what the pod stands for. They have no idea. They've never seen a uh, an iPod. They just know it's a podcast. And right. The truth is, they could be listening to it from any place, and uh, they just know it's the content they want at the speed they want at the time they want. So I, I also think, or I think that great entrepreneurs, I think in addition to wanting to start great businesses like Interview Valet, I think they also, I think that great entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask people, and I mean, you have a lot of clients out there, so you probably have a long list, but you can only pick one. Who is it out there that you see that you think, wow, there's an entrepreneur who's doing something really cool. They're crushing it. Who do you admire? Yeah. Well, from that standpoint, I'd agree with you. I mean, R&D for entrepreneurs is recognize and duplicate, right? So find something that is working well in a, a different niche and use it yourself. And the entrepreneur that I, I've always admired, and a lot of people probably won't won't recognize his name, but it's a gentleman out of Nashville, Tennessee, Aaron Walker. He's got 30 years of brick-and-mortar business experience. He's just got a wealth of information. But he started into to coaching and sharing that with people. And here was a guy that was smart enough to go out there and ask the questions and realize that he didn't know how to to go beyond the bricks and mortar into the digital range. And uh, he asked questions, he learned, um, he got his message out there. And uh, you know, he's he's one of the people that we first started to work with. Um, with podcast interviews. And he was sort of our guinea pig on that. And there's a guy that went from, uh, like he says, he's a great Southern man. He's got uh, uh, great stories. He sounds a little bit like Zig Ziglar. And he says when he first started that uh, you couldn't find him with a bloodhound on Google. He was like in the witness protection plan. Well, only a few years later, he's gone from obscure to acclaimed really by learning and using the tools of the internet. And so a lot of people will say, well, you know, I admire, you know, a Richard Branson. Well, I admire him too, but I don't know him. Um, there's enough people around me like Aaron Walker from View from the Top that I just think it's amazing what he's doing. He went from nothing as a coach to now he's got 70 guys in a mastermind. He's got one-on-one -on -one coaching. He's got, you know, an online community. And I think that's just a great testament of what you have is amazing to other people. And there's people out there that, that you could serve if you could just connect with them. Yep, absolutely. That's a great example. I love that. I'm going to have to go look this guy up. That's cool. Hey, the last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I really believe entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. They, they want to leave their mark. They want to make a difference. They, entrepreneurs want to be significant to their communities. So what do you do to serve others? Yeah. And you know, there's always the money standpoint, you know, tithing and giving back. But to me, that's that's the easy part, and and, and that's not. 
the long-term significance, to me, the best thing that you can do to, to have a life of success and significance, you know, success is what we do for ourselves. Significance is what we do for other people. And you haven't, I shouldn't say you, I feel like I have an obligation to share and teach what I have learned. You know, uh, I'm only at the place that I am is because there's mentors, great business leaders that took the time to to nurture me, to to have faith in me and to help me along the way. And I think as entrepreneurs, no matter where you are, you know, if you're a 22 year entrepreneur, uh, there's probably a 14 year on 14 year old entrepreneur that you could help. You know, if you're if you're like uh, me and Tom. 50 years old, well, there's a lot of people that we could help with that too. So I think the best way that you can give back is is teaching and sharing what you know, because I've said it before, I'll say it again, what's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. Well, Tom, I think there's a lot of people out there who have listened to you who are thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get on more podcasts. I need to hire interview valet. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you look for in a client and how they can find you? Sure. So we really work with experts. So if you've got something to share, if you're a coach, an author, a speaker, a brand, uh, we've worked with uh, franchisees, we've worked with people that are doing Kickstarter campaigns and really need to get out there to their ideal audience. We would love to work with you. Um, Our three main verticals that we focus on are business, faith and Christianity, and health, nutrition, and wellness. And it's not so much where you are, but where your ideal listeners are. And uh, we we do everything but the speaking. So we do the, the prospecting to find the right shows, the pitching to get you on there, the preparation both of you and the host. Then we'll help you for the performance, that's the interview, We'll help you on the progression to get people to move from being listeners to visitors to leads. And then finally, we'll help you with the promotion on how to get that out and really make the most of that. So uh, our tagline came from a client. He said, uh, I'm the guest. You guys do all the rest. And that's really what we focus on. And you know, if we could be of any service to you, um, please check us out at interviewvalet.com. I'll, I'll put a page up with everything Tom and I talked about there, just interviewvalet.com forward slash cool things and it'll have all my contact information if you so if you want to get in touch uh, i'll also put some things I, I mentioned in the interview there that checklist that i use there's a um uh, an infographic that's six tips for getting on your first podcast and there's even some training information there uh, and then more information about the book so uh, if we can help you in any way please you know connect with us No, that's awesome. And I've been working with one of Tom's people for several of my guests. And I will tell you, I get a lot of people who reach out and go, I want to be on your show. But they don't know my show. They haven't listened to my show. They don't know what I'm looking for. And I have to give a shout out to Kara, who works for Tom or works with Tom, that she has done a great job in the fact that before she ever reached out and pitched a guest, she made sure that I understood that she listened and it wasn't like, oh, I listened to half this episode. And, you know, sometimes people pretend they listen and you can kind of tell. And they really do a good job of serving the podcaster, which makes it – I'm just giving them a plug. I've never worked with them as a guest, but I'm giving them a plug from the other side. They're a pleasure to work with, which is way better than I can say for a lot of people who reach out. So kudos to Tom and his team at Interview Valet. Hey, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom. This was the cool thing I did today. Well, that's right, and and, it, and it's there in – forever. You can just replay it. If you ever have a day where it's not that cool, just go back and listen to this episode. So thank you. As I always say on every episode, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the audience. Jump over to the Facebook page and leave a comment. Follow us and see uh, what we have going on there. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter 
at Cool Podcast. You also could join the Cool Things Project, which is my online group coaching program. And we have a small but mighty group who meet every week and we we talk about ways to be more entrepreneurial, both for entrepreneurs and for people who have jobs who want to be more entrepreneur uh, in the things, more of an entrepreneur in the things that they do. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Tom Schwab. But in the meantime, I want all of you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.